You're listening to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of creating limitless careers with me, Just Jazz. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and r and I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yeah, you heard me, desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Hey folks, it is Jazz tuning in for another episode Today, I want to talk about something that I've been reflecting on for the past few months, things that I've been observing um, genuinely across clients, but also folks that I'm meeting, right? I'm out and about because we're out outside now. Um, so as I'm out there, I'm networking, I'm meeting people, um, understanding some of the moves that folks are making in their careers and the moves that they want to make, I'm starting to see a number of things that are slightly different about careers in 2022. So what I want to do today is unpack some of the key points, trends, insights, you can call them what you like the reality is. You're not going to see data around this. This is just my perspective. So like I say with my workshops, like I say with my talks, take what you need and leave the rest. I'm here to prompt thought and reflection in you. And of course, if you connect to some of these insights, to some of these decisions, behaviors, circumstances, then that's absolutely fine. And if you don't, that's fine as well. I just want to have a conversation today, if that's okay. So there are a few things that are happening when it comes to high achieving, high performing and ambitious careers this year. And the first thing is that standards are higher. So we're now at that space where folks feel safely away from the pandemic enough to move away from that scarcity place of safety, stability first, right? They've come to the point where, okay, I've now frozen my career perhaps in the name of safety for two years. It's now time for me to bridge the gap. It's now time for me to catch up. But what's happened now, those standards, even though in some places you will see them reflected in salary negotiations, benefits negotiations, um, you know, the typical monetary things, they're actually now more about inclusion. They're now more about being intentional about the work environment and the cultures that folks choose to work in. Folks are no longer willing to sacrifice their well-being for their career because in many senses what the pandemic forced us all to do is to put our well-being at the forefront in order to sustain or maintain our careers. So they know that it is possible to move forward, to grow, to develop, to take those steps without sacrificing their well-being. It's no longer ambition at all costs. Folks are more intentional and they're more open with what those intentions are. There's a lot of times I'll have conversations with folks um, and actually this is going to be folded into a, a, a new resource that I'm working on. But when they get to interview stage, wanting to know certain things that they weren't brave enough to ask before, right, i.e. inclusion. What are you doing around that? 
your website says flexible working. What does that mean? Can you give an example of how the company has supported parents? Can you give an example how the organization has, you know, supported folks who are neurodivergent? Folks are asking for the meat and potatoes and not just the high level, what, you know, oh, it's great that you've got diversity and inclusion in the team, what are your goals are. They want to know, how does this affect me? What are you proactively doing? And what does that look like? And where does that kind of come from? They don't want the PR message around what the organizational culture is looking like. Another thing that's popped up that I think makes all of this easier and quite a few of the points that I bring up today are connected to that is there's a lot more websites that are popping up, platforms that are popping up, really sharing the candid experiences at some of these companies. Now, I remember when Glassdoor first came about and it really shook the industry. And over time, naturally, business models, it's the same with LinkedIn. You start for the B2C, you start for the people, quote to quote, right? And eventually you evolve your business model to have solutions for the companies that are on the other side of this two-sided marketplace. So naturally, people started to become distrustful of Glassdoor because they knew that organizations now had uh, a space to respond, but also they know that there's a practice of organizations wanting to drown any negative or constructive feedback and experiences with a swathe of sort of NPS-like reviews from their current employees, right? And again, this is, it's a bittersweet truth. A, in the fact that at least they recognize that word of mouth is becoming more and more powerful, right? Folks are now relying on referral programs when it comes to trying to understand that safety and the organizational culture. I myself has re have referred folks into my organization, right? And I, and I take that with a great deal of care. Um, but ultimately, they now want to know the truth. They're bold with that. The other thing that I want to say, and I want to say this lightly, right, because when I first actually started to gather together these points, we hadn't quite reached the point of the weekly layoffs that we're seeing um, not only in wider industry, but I'm in the tech industry. So I see those. Right. Um, I still personally, again, my personal opinion, I believe that it is an employee's market. Employees are still choosing to choose proactively where they commit. But more than anything, they're still coming for it all, everything that is on offer. So there is that pressure on organizations to really compete when it comes to their offering. Yes, you have a list of roles and responsibilities that you want me to satisfy. But beyond salary, what is it that you're going to add? Right? A lot of the times we talk about value add culture ad and we talk about that in terms of an employee to an employer but now folks are really looking for those things and this has been impacted even more so by the squeeze by the layoffs and the general turbulence folks know because they've seen it whether at the beginning of the pandemic or throughout it or now in the season where organizations are adjusting the results are coming in you know the results are coming out in the wash so to speak folks know that nothing is promised so they want to ensure that whilst it is promise, if they have a promise, the promise is one worth keeping. So this is really, really, really important. The other thing that I'm seeing folks do is removing a lot of the heavy judgment that came from the size of goals. Because, again, everybody had that great pause and 
most people are taking stock of where they are now. Some people are rushing to catch up, right? So you'll see them make those moves from organization to organization to really get that larger jump in salary, larger jump in um, position, you know, role and responsibility. But more than anything, what I'm seeing with my clients and the folks that are in my community is that, Yes, the goal may be to get a promotion, but now more often than not, it's to find joy, right? It's to feel fulfilled. It's to grow in a particular skill area or mindset, consistency, overcoming procrastination, really challenging their imposter syndrome, right? It's almost the goal on the way to the goal and really recognizing that embracing ambition is about the journey. It is about the ups and the downs and who you become while you're trying to get to that location. And that's something that a lot of folks are now honing in on and realizing. And for me, I absolutely love it. I'm a career coach. And especially in the private space, it's life coaching towards a career goal. So when it comes to how I work with my clients and the spaces that we can go into in our conversations, it is anything. Nothing is off the table because, again, I know what they are also finding in their own special ways is that they are all interwoven. You are the same person at home than you are at work. Now, regardless of how much you show up in that person, right? Code switching is a very real thing. Not feeling psychological safety is a very real thing, but you within yourself have the same desires that you have in the office that you do on the train that you do um, on a weekend, right? So that's another important thing. The other thing that we are seeing, and this is almost touching a little bit on what I said at the beginning, but life first careers. So I'm not talking about making moves from organization to organization. I'm talking about folks leaving whole industries, recognizing that the issues that they face are systematic and that they do not wish to place a bet on things changing within their lifetime or their working lifetime. Folks are more concerned now with trust, autonomy, avoiding toxic workplaces, seeking inclusive environments, and being part of organizations that are seen to be learning from their mistakes. So it's not perfection, but really that evolution right? Experiences are found to be more valuable than anything. When we look at the digital nomad, we look at folks who started families or choosing to do so, they're putting those in front of their careers and saying, how will my career feed into my role as a parent? How will my career feed into my passion for travel and exploration, my passion for philanthropy and uh, social work, right? Instead of the other way around, I have this job, how do I squeeze a child in? I have this job, how do I squeeze in as many holidays as I want? Folks are saying no more to that because they've seen it modelled throughout the pandemic, in fact, where folks made those choices. Many people left the workforce overall, pivoted industries, even took steps down in their career path in order to really achieve that life first career. And we're seeing that a lot. The other thing that I'm seeing a lot is vulnerability in leadership. If you could pretend that you weren't human before the pandemic, you surely can't do it now. And if you can, then that's interesting, right? That's all I will say on that. But ultimately, 
going back to what I mentioned about folks looking for organizations that learn from their mistakes, folks want to see that in their leadership now, right? The the wider economic environment, the wider geographical and political environment that we're existing in really, really brings forward the need for adaptive leadership. And what I mean by adaptive leadership is essentially a style of leadership that is in many ways self-generated because it's not about taking the formulas and the models of the past and copying and pasting them to your team, to your organization, to your goals. It's more about understanding that sometimes two plus two isn't going to equal four. So we need to collaborate. We need to create a space to iterate and to really, really co-create new and innovative solutions to age-old problems or new problems as they appear and they exist. And that looks like folks having more open conversations with their team members. At the time of recording, tomorrow I will be delivering the uh, Boost Your One-to-Ones to Accelerate Your Career webinar. And at the time of listening, you'll be able to grab that recording. And what I go into there from an employee perspective is how they can really, really show up and support a healthy um, team lead and IC relationship, leadership and, you know, employer, uh, sorry, not employer, because it's not, you don't necessarily always uh, report to your CEO, but that manager staff member relationship and really cultivating that in a very healthy way. And a huge part of that is having a space for leadership that is vulnerable, that says, I did get it wrong, that employs compassionate listening and empathy and gives space to be human, right? Taking that time at the top of a 30 minute sink to say, how are you? How's everything going, Right not waiting for a staff member to be overwhelmed to then raise the flag to say, how's the workload? What's your capacity? What's your bandwidth? How can I support you? Right. And also what I mean when I say vulnerability is being able to have that conversation in the opposite direction. I really believe that there is a space for us to do with leadership, what we have done with mentoring, where we strip out a lot of the ego and a lot of the insecurity to understand that in this working relationship, we want to create room for teaching each other, right? Um, In the same way that sandpaper will smooth out wood, right? It will smooth out those ridges. It doesn't take away from the wood being the wood, Right. And it also doesn't take away from the purpose and the impact of that sandpaper. But together we get a solution. Right. Together we get a beautiful piece of furniture. But you have to be open to that buffering, open to that feedback. And again, this is a conversation for another day, but something I love working with folks on is understanding our ways of working. Right. Our ways of working. Even if I was to ask you right now, how do you like to receive feedback? Do the folks that you work with know that about you? Do they know that you're open to it, right? Do they know that you prefer to do it face-to-face or in a Zoom conversation and then follow up with it written? Do they know that you'd love it if you gave it to them frequently? You didn't wait for the annual review or even the one-to-one. If you just observe them in their role, they love it for you to give feedback, right? Are you giving people those insights and those nuggets to the relationship and the environment in which that you you thrive, right? And what you see as support and you don't see as threatening. Because again, quite often we take for granted, especially those of us who are very open to feedback, we take for granted that folks have been taught how to give it. 
And we take it for granted that bulks have always had positive experiences giving and receiving feedback. There's a lot, right? There's a lot of heaviness around the whole idea of feedback, right? Some people hear feedback. So I hear feedback and I think, oh my gosh, opportunity. Other people hear feedback and they hear judgment. They hear exclusion. They hear othering. They hear microaggression. And we want to be empathetic to that. The other thing that I'm seeing is an overall concern about connecting with the vision, mission and offering of an organization. Living intentionally and working intentionally, contributing to something that, to be candid, won't go viral for all the wrong reasons. That's what folks want. And they're they're in that space again because the choice is there. There's a plethora of organizations that operate in any given space, but it really is their choice to pick and choose. And many times if you're looking at, again, I use the context of the tech industry, when you're looking at industries like that, where there is a a fierce competition for benefits and, uh, you know, packages and working culture and flexible working versus not flexible working. Again, a conversation for another day. The vision mission of the company, and also I dare say the values, if they are evidenced again, those can be the things that are the differences between somebody accepting your offer and accepting someone else's. And this is because more than anything, folks want to do impactful work. They want to have ownership over that work. They are not afraid of the steep learning curves and to make a difference and know that in many senses that comes hand in hand. They want to see those quantum leaps in their career, which I believe has come off the back of everyone kind of freezing where they were for a period of time and having a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to really visualize, a lot of time to really look forward into the things that they see themselves doing and the things that they don't see themselves doing and and the organizations that they want to be aligned to, right? They've had time and space to be more considered in their approach to those next steps and also to take stock, right? We know that the plight of folks who graduated into the pandemic was tough. But for the folks who maybe five to 10 years into their career, it was really a great and very necessary pause for them to understand, okay, I'm now a certain chunk in, right? When we think about our working careers, right? Let's estimate it. Let's say you go, let's let's say you go from the age of 21. I've been working since I was 16. So my numbers are a little bit different. But say if you go from the age of 21 to, say, 70, right, that is a decent amount of time. And when you're 10 years in, you look up, you look behind you, you look around you, and it is an awesome and impactful time to take stock on what path you're on. Because, again, the pace that we were going at beforehand it didn't leave us much room to recognize the paths that we were on because it was just about one foot in front of the other, right? It's almost like when you go for a run somewhere that's actually quite beautiful and people say, oh my gosh, you go for a run in that area or in that park or in that common, that green. Oh, it's gorgeous. Did you see the bluebells? Did you see, oh, did you see the squirrels? And you're like, no, I didn't see any of that. I was 
I was just running my route. I was just running my path. That's what we were doing. So then when everything happened, we stopped. We noticed the bluebells. We weren't in a rush to get to the end of our trail per se. So we were able to take in a little bit more of our surroundings and ask, do I like this? Is this for me? And more than anything, you know, going back to what I said at the beginning, really with employees having those higher standards is, does this fit me, right? Does this welcome me? Am I included here? Am I safe here, right? And once we get beyond those points of safety and we get beyond those points of it's checking my my checklist, it's, will I thrive here? Will I grow here? Will I be fulfilled here? And for many of us who identify as high achieving, we kind of ask those questions first and then we work backwards, right? If we get the butterflies in our stomach, we feel that the work that is on offer is important. If we feel that the culture is supportive, we then go down the list of, okay, these are the roles and responsibilities. This is what we're going to be doing day to day. So those are just a few things that I just want to, I just want to plant seeds. Um, If you are relating to this, right? I want to, really take this episode to serve to let you know that you are not alone in how you are thinking. You are also entitled. Give. I want you to give yourself permission to ask yourself these questions, to ask any prospective or existing employer these questions. I want you to give yourself space. I want to empower you, in fact, to be intentional with your career, no matter what season that is in, right? And you're talking to somebody who I know what it's like to be made redundant. I know what it's like to say, right, is it is it Starbucks or McDonald's while I power through these interviews and hope something bites? I know what that's like. So in no ways am I denying the reality that for some of you, it's a race against the clock. Rent is due, mortgage is due, right? But I still want to encourage you when you come to that ask yourself what is required of that. So even if it is a salary minimum, if it is a minimum contracted hours, is it if it is having a specific commute that doesn't require ages on a train and missing things and you know there's always going to be somewhere where you can really tailor the experience or look for at least a slightly tailored experience when it comes to your next step in your career and I want to encourage you to do that. So those were just a few things that I wanted to leave you all with today. If you resonate with it, let me know. Uh, Recording this for the podcast, but also we'll be sharing the video on LinkedIn. So I'd love, love, love to see your comments below. And of course, share it. Share this with anyone who you think will find it useful and impactful and enlightening. That's what I'm here for. Like I said, I want this to be a conversation. I want us to keep on having these conversations. So please do not be a stranger at all. What an episode. Want to continue the conversation? Join the Limitless Letter to get weekly resources for your high achieving career in a place where we all get what it means to embrace ambition and declare your desires. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.